Listener Production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. I am Ursula Carlson. This week we listen to what Guy Williams, comedian, presenter, tall guy, very tall guy, what shits him to absolute death. We have a lot in common. We dive into our high school experiences. We were both fired from being columnists. I mean, we fully deserved it. We were both terrible. The only disappointing part about this episode is that you can't see Guy's handsome face. But you can see him in person till the end of April still during the Melbourne Comedy Festival at the Western. Go look him up. Melbourne Comedy Festival. Guy Williams. Go and see his show. Very funny. Very tall. And he does not pick on his audiences. Enjoy. That's quite enough. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. Shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Guy Williams, Guy Malachi Williams. You've got another name in the middle there. Malachi Jones Williams is my full name, yeah. Jesus, your parents went all out. You're the oldest. Catholics are weird, man. And you're also supposed to take on the name of a saint as well. So it's Guy Malachi Jones Thomas Aquinas Williams. Shitballs. Shitballs. Yeah. That's a lot. Like I feel like with the first child, people always kind of jump the gun and they go hard. It's like when they tattoo the name of their child on their arm somewhere, the first child always gets the big, the whole forearm would be like Guy, Malachi, you know, like the whole thing. And then um, then, then comes Paul, your brother, and they do the other arm and now comes Maria, your sister, and they're like, oh, her name goes on the tit and you kind of go, well, <laughs> you know, like in West Auckland the names get smaller and smaller and smaller. Like eventually you're just going to have to have a QR code on your forehead that people can scan that takes you to a website with all your kids' names. It's like, it's a big call yeah. to give all of your favourite names to your first kid if you don't know. Yeah. Because then now your brother's name's Paul. Yeah. Does he have middle names? Yeah, yeah. He's Paul Anthony Allen Jones Williams. He's got more middle names than me. It sounds like there's a whole bunch of guys on their way, but it's just the one. Yeah, it's just one. It sounds like a whole bunch of, it's Paul, it's Anthony, it's Allen. Yeah, we're all coming. It sounds like a cappella group. Can I say that I think it's a privilege because I, I get a lot of shit for having the name Guy. I mean, yeah. obvious, it's a horrific name, but it oh. is like a privilege. I think you probably experience this as well, it, especially in like stand-up or whatever. It helps you stand out because people notice your weird name. Yeah, 100%. And still, people don't really know how to say my name. And even earlier this week, you and um, Chris Parker both went on the breakfast show for TVNZ and you both said my name. You both said it different. I don't even notice anymore. People go, oh, this, this is how they say your name. This, I go, honestly, I don't fucking hear it. Oh, my God. Okay, so can you tell me right now, how do I say your name correctly? Just Ursula. Ursula. See, you've got a yeah. sh- and, and, I, and I say Urzilla. All right, hey, like I, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah, but I'm, heaps I'm, of people do because of the Z in there. But yeah. um, the correct pronunciation and the way my grandmother said it, the German grandmother, it's Ursula. Ursula. Ursula, like, Ursula. A, like a, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, no one fucking says that. I don't even say it that way. But yeah. honestly, I don't give a shit. Like, you know how people get real hung up, like, that's not how you say my name. People spell my name wrong. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. As long as I'm being respectful, you can call me whatever you like. Yeah. Like, I didn't even grow up with that name. I grew up because I'm Afrikaans, so I have an Afrikaans name. And then uh, Ursula is my English name. Okay. So I grew I grew up uh, and my family still call me Dalian. Wow. Yeah. That's so that's be- not even, 
Dalian with a D. Yeah, D A L E E N, Dalian. That's beautiful. So I just, I just, but see, English people call it Darlene, Darling, that you know. And again, don't give a shit. I honestly, it's just a name. It's like, you know, it's like when people identify as their sexuality or whatever. You know, when they lean in, they go, "I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm homosexual or I'm gay." Or I'm, I'm like, that's just who you fucking. That's not who you are. Okay, okay, because people make it who they are. That's really interesting. But I, I like I like a weird name for a career. My theory is that, um, have you heard of that actor called Benedict Cumberbatch? Mm-hmm. I reckon he's only successful because his name is fucking Benedict Cumberbatch. If his name was Thomas Smith, no one would give a shit. But you know the casting director was sitting there in L.A., Going like, oh shit! I gotta watch. I gotta watch the like auditions. Like forty five dudes today. He looks down the list and sees Benedict Cumberbatch, and is like, I don't care who the fuck that guy is. What I cannot. Mean? You're excited all day to see Benedict Cumberbatch. Hundred percent. And people put the effort in then to find you. When people find me online, I know they had to Google. And sometimes I'm like, what did these people Google? This, um, you know, fat. South African lesbian comedian. And then I don't care. They they have to put the effort in. Like you say, it's not just, you know, a normal name. Like they have to go out of their way to try and find you. Ask my dad how he named me. He said I named him, uh, he named me after his barber. Um, the joke there being my dad is bald. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so grim. When I go to Japan, when I go to Japan, people just laugh in my face. I'm checking into the hotel and they go, what's your name, guy? And they're like, what? And I'm like, guy, like boy. And then they start laughing. And I'm like, this is yeah. this is racism. <laughs> Can I just say, I don't think anyone has ever laughed in your face. I just want to, I want you to retract that statement. <laughs> I want you to apologise to the listeners. You're six foot five. No one has ever laughed in your fucking face. <laughs> okay. Not unless they're on a ladder. Yeah, I'm sorry people laugh in my chest. Yeah, yeah, people laugh at my belly button all the time. <laughs> yeah. And pe- speaking of Japan, people laughed at my belly button so often. I was walking through Tokyo Disneyland and a man just looks at me and stares at me and just goes, tall man, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like a circus freak there. It's so good. Did, did you go, tall guy, to yeah. you? <laughs> Get it correct. Get it correct. Like, so in, in Japan at the Disneyland, do they have the reverse lines? You know, you're like, you can only be this tall to go on the right. If you're over that height, you can't go on the right. <laughs> no, because my thing is like when whenever I go to Asia, everyone's always like, oh, my God, are you going to do some shopping? I'm like, no. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a fucking circus tent in yeah. Hong Kong or in Malaysia or wherever I go. Yeah. I'm not there for the shopping. Yeah. I'm there for the food. I'm there for the people. I'm there to check shit out. But I'm not doing any shopping. I walked into a shop in, and uh, this is 100% true, I walked into a shop in Kuala Lumpur and I said to the guy, I looked around and I wanted to get a T-shirt. You know those I love um, New York T-shirts. They have the same, but I love Kuala Lumpur. Wait, 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 I, wait, wait, wait. Could you, you wanted to get that? Yeah, I wanted to. I liked shit like that. No, that's the worst T-shirt I've ever heard in my life. I am am a basic bitch. I love it. (laughs) I fucking love it. Urs, if you you could see yourself, you would do stand-up about yourself. Yeah. I have a – the only hoodie that I have in Melbourne right now 
is a hoodie with Aotearoa spelled out and then New Zealand and then, you know, that that's the hoodie that I brought. New oh Zealand threads. Yeah. I, I yeah, always yeah. look at that and go, who buys that? And now I know it's Me. Ursula Carlson. Yeah, that's right. I'm the one keeping it alive, baby. I've got a Montreal hoodie. I've got a Superman hoodie. I, I love shit like that. You, you just you just love merch. Um, tell me this. What's your favourite uh, in in Asia? Favorite place for food? Go. Uh, Malaysia. I love I love going into a mamak, um, which for people playing the home game, it's like like a restaurant. It's, it almost looks like uh, the side hustle of a food court, like the shop that didn't make the food court. That's a mama. <laughs> and people still smoke inside there. You go in and there's like it's just curries and stuff and then you sit next to a guy having a cigarette and there's nothing that I love more than a sweet tea and a curry and then go on your go on your way. You only need to do that once a day. That's you for the day. And then you can have bananas in your hotel room or whatever. But I, I travelled with one of my friends and he would only eat McDonald's and KFC. And all the we go to all these beautiful Southeast That's Asian so countries. Sad. I'm like, dude, try something. Like I had this massive fucking curry crab, um, I think in Hong Kong or somewhere, where, and it was just insane. Yeah. Insane that I ne- I've never tried durian fruit. Have you ever tried that? I've never tried it. No, I'm embarrassed to say. Is it is it is it good? Is, is, have you? I've never tried it because it smells like. Okay, if you get athlete's foot and cadaver pussy, and they have a baby, oh. and wait, then wait, wait, you got to you can't. Even, I, I don't even understand that joke. What's cadaver pussy? It's old dead pussy. You know, like when when it's oh, when you did. Oh no. No, when, okay. you walk, when you walk into a toilet <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, someone's pussy died in here today. Okay, okay. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. that, like, it is a rank. You know, a fruit, like, they call it, uh, okay, so number one, I'll give you the facts, okay, just the straight-up facts about durian fruit. It is the most nutritious, nutritious fruit in the world. Wow. Um, it has basically your daily recommended intake of everything. If there's vitamin C, you're supposed to have durian fruits got it. Every single thing is in there. It's even good for your brain. It's good. It lowers cholesterol. It, it increases heart health. All of the stuff. It is the perfect fruit. But, but, it smells like ass. They said if you can try and block out the smell, it tastes pretty good. How the fuck are you going to block out the smell when your nose is a centimeter from your mouth? <laughs> yeah, strong point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've got a strong, you know, sort of mind over matter kind of scenario. Like I've I've worked with a broken foot. I've like I, I can power through a lot of stuff, but I don't think I can block that. You know, tell my nose not to fucking smell that. Yeah, um, I, I want to say you're a hero for working with a broken foot, but have you ever done a job that requires you to be on your feet that much? Like you can do sit-down comedy. Like what were you doing with a broken foot? Oh, I mean, I could, I can't really do sit-down comedy because, Guy, you wouldn't know the struggles. The last time you would have had my struggles, you were probably four and a half years old. I am mainly torso. I'm five foot two. <laughs> I do not sit on a bar stool because I can't, I have to mount it like, um, like, say, a three-year-old would mount a stallion. Like, I have to climb. <laughs> no, 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 but, no, but there's other chairs available. You can sit on no, a throne. you cannot sit on a normal chair on stage because then people go, I can't, why the fuck is she just sitting on a normal chair? It okay. immediately takes away from the no. whole, you know. No, I, I'm going to destroy your entire argument right now, okay. but I'm also going to destroy myself at the same time. Hmm. 
Bill Cosby did this. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> do you want us to get into that? No, no, he I was... didn't want to get into that. I didn't want to get into that. But I mean, like, no, no, no. I, I mean, like, when Bill Cosby, before we knew about the horrible atrocities, he did do stand-up mm. on a seat. But, um, yeah, d- yeah. Like, just a normal low one. Yeah. When you sit, and I get quite shouty with my audience. Like, yeah. I, you know... The microphone, <laughs> like during my UK tour, one night the microphone stopped working. It took me about 10 minutes to realise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Because I get so shouty and it's like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't really make a huge difference. So I think, but if I would sit and that was like just a normal, it was a small, I think it was a 400-seater. But if I was to sit in a normal room, you know, my, my normal venue, I feel like I wouldn't be able to get my voice out. Even though I've got a microphone, I think then it would just be one of those slow conversations. Yeah, or it might change the pace, but it could be like, it's like uh, Ursula doing an acoustic tour, you know? It'd be sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ursula Carlson, unplugged, but I'm plugged in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think that comedy, though, I feel like we have a disproportionate level of like narcissists and creeps and really deeply insecure people. And there's nothing wrong with being insecure, but it's a problem when you're weaponizing that against other people. Yeah, 100%. Uh, unfortunately, there, it takes a certain type of person to do what we do. Mm. And I always look for the common denominator. There's a lot of, lot of us that um, went to boarding school. There's a lot of us that... Um, you know, sort of uh, either boarding school or a very structured type of school. Yeah. Um, and I like whenever I walk into a green room, I always like to ask people, you know, like this school, or how, did, yeah. what kind of school did you go to? And you'll be amazed how many comedians went to boarding school. That's our common denominator for a lot of us or very structured schooling system. Would you say boarding school's like a trauma a little bit or you just mean it just creates a funny environment? I, I think it, it creates an environment where you, because boarding school, the whole idea, or my experience of boarding school is to keep us all exactly the same. We're going to wake up the same time. We're going to eat the same time. Like your whole life is to make you into this little Lego person and Robot. we all do exactly the same thing. Yeah. And then um, you have to find your way within that little cookie cutter life to stand out. Yeah. And that for some people means you're getting funnier or, you know, more helpful. There's the caring ones. Like, you know, in boarding school, if you're having a tough day, who to go chat to, who will give you the cuddles, who will not give you any judgment. You know, like there's certain, like, or if yeah. you're having a day where you just want to get someone fucking punched in the head, who to go <laughs> talk to. Like there's different people. <laughs> so you, that was what you just said just fascinated me so hard. You just equated comedy and bullying, am I right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because that's why How when you talk to the audience, most people in our audiences are scared of us. They want to be there because they need a laugh. Yeah. But they're scared of us. That's why they don't automatically go sit in the front. Were, were, you, were you a bully at school? Were you alluding to that or no? Uh, no. No, no, I was the funny one. Okay. Uh, I was short and fat, mate. I got bullied from the day I started school. But okay. I So I had to learn how to deflect with humour. So I was always the funny one. I was the one, um, you know, sort of playing pranks on everyone, you know, or sort of writing plays for 
English yeah. evening, like we'd have English evenings, you know, sort of to try and get, and mine would always be a comedy. Like um, yeah. what, the last play I wrote in high school was The Not A Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's great. You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, so so that would be my my vibe. But, no, there's definitely, I think, uh, like with comedy, it doesn't matter what style, you know, the one-liners or the low-key or whatever, there's always that element where the front few rows feel vulnerable. Oh, absolutely. Especially and, I try and put them in the dark. I feel sorry for them because I don't pick on the audience no, and I feel, I feel bad if you're in the front row because I'm so loud and I'm, Quite yeah. intense, yeah. I, I wrote a bit, like an opening where I go, um, I always say to the audience when, when they come in, I go, I want you to know I don't pick on the audience. I feel you come to see the show, not be the show. Yeah. And um, I don't want to because at the end of the day, I don't want to fuck up anyone's day. You don't know what's been going on in other yeah. people's lives that week. Yeah. You don't know what they're going through, the trauma, the the or like my mum went to a comedy show when she was like 20 years old. And she got picked on for wearing glasses. It's like the most ridiculous shit. Like when she told me why she got picked on, I'm like, it doesn't even, it's not even clever, the shit that this guy was giving her, but he kept hammering on her. Yeah. And then she never went to a comedy show again until I started doing comedy. And I started doing comedy when I was 32 years old, you know. So she was like, oh, no, I can't, Yeah. you know. And and so that made me go, I don't want to be that person. And my mum, that Comic is still in South Africa. He still works as a comedian. And I actually opened for him once and I said to him, you fucked up my mum's, you know, comedy enjoyment. Like she's never been to a a comedy show again because of you. And I told him. But even during that. What did he say? Nothing. He was like, oh, yeah. Like just didn't really give a shit. He's a bit of a fucking. Fucking hell. Classic uh, narcissistic comedian. Um, Mm. Yeah, but like, okay, there's a lot to unpack there, but I. I, I would just come out and say that I was a little bit the opposite um, at school because people always ask you that as a comedian, you know, were you the funny one in school? And I'm like, I don't even think I'm the funny one now, you know? Like the class clown at my school, because I was at an all-boys school, the class clown was always a dude from school who probably wasn't quite right who would do anything for like a dollar. You know, we yeah. had a guy called Damien who would jump off the roof for a dollar. He'd break his legs, but he'd be like, it's worth it. And it's the funniest thing you've ever seen, but also like incredibly painful and humiliating. So I I don't relate to that trope, but I'm interested to I'm interested to hear that you did, because I reckon a lot of my comedian mates don't have that, like I was a class clown. So you're interesting to find out that that is what you use and stuff like that. That's cool. I would rather be known as the funny kid than the poor fat kid, you know, like yeah. which is what, what I was. So I was sort of just de- deflecting the whole time. And then, of course, also if I needed to, I'd go whip some ass if anyone fucked with my brother and sister. <laughs> like even today, like um, my brother, because I'm the youngest of the three, You're the, are you the oldest? Oldest. Because you've got a brother and sister and they all of you do comedy. All of us do comedy. What a freak show, eh? Your poor parents, like they must be going, oh, my God, can we have one doctor? Just no, one? yeah, no, 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 the opposite. Uh, uh, our rich parents. People always go, how oh. do you get three siblings in comedy? And it's like it's the opportunity to be able to do what you want to do with your life, you know, like that is yeah. a real privilege. Like even you said you started at 32 because, you know, you had to get a real job and exist in the world and make, find your find your feet, whereas I could go to university and then just do whatever I wanted and I yeah. was not talented enough to be an athlete or a musician or an actor or not hot enough to be an actor, so I went for the next funnest job that was available, comedian. Can I just say, 
I think you're hot enough to be an actor. You're just too tall. So in any scene, they can't shoot a love scene because your your head, your shoulders won't be in the shot with the woman oh. or the guy. So they would have to be have, be on a box the whole time. It's like me. It's like when we take photos for having been paying attention. I'm always on a booster box Amazing. with Haley and Vaughn because they're both six foot, you know, or whatever. And then um, we once did a live show for TVNZ. And then I had to walk out. I don't even get up to their shoulders. And so yeah. I I walked out with, I said I said to them, just take the photo with me the correct height. Like it makes no sense to make me this tall person. Then when people see me, they're like, oh, my God, you're much shorter than I thought. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm always on a fucking box on every photo. <laughs> this is why no one knows <laughs> that, you know, it's, it's false. And then I do a live show with them and I have to take out sandbags cause, uh, and stand on those because I'm so short compared to them. Right. People think it's like trickery or I'm using a body double. I went, oh, well, people are idiots. We'll throw, okay, sorry to anyone who thought that uh, Ursula was using a body double, but I'll give you two <laughs> examples. The first one is that um, I went on Guy Montgomery's Spelling Bee and yeah. um, I'm so much taller than the other contestants that people thought that they were sitting down and that I was standing up. No. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, um, back when I started TV, um, I started on a show called uh, The Jono Project and um, there was a bald um, actor called um, Jono who was the host, comedian, yeah. and there was a, um, a comedian on there as well called Jimmy the Dwarf who was yeah. a, uh, a, a, a small person. He went by the name Jimmy the Dwarf. And um, my dad did not believe that um, little people were real and thought that Jimmy the Dwarf was Jono doing CGI effects like Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. That is How embarrassing fun. is that, eh? How em he just could not believe that, like, a short person existed. And, um, yeah. yeah, so cringe. I love my dad. He calls it trick photography. He thinks everything is trick photography because oh, he got fooled by Jurassic Park and dinosaurs not being real one time. Oh, my God. Isn't it fun? Like, my tour manager um, at the moment, Tom, he always reads the situation wrong. It doesn't matter where we go. Like, you see at the airport a dad drop off his son and the son goes round to the window and chats to the dad. Like, you can clearly see the scenario play out and he'll go, drug deal. Like, <laughs> no, that's clearly a dad saying goodbye <laughs> to his son that yeah. he's dropping off at the airport. Or, you know, we'll be we'll – be, Somewhere, and you can see it's like say say you and your brother um, mucking about at the airport or chatting, and he'll go, um, they fucking. I go, they look exactly the same. They are clearly <laughs> brothers. <laughs> I feel like Mythbusters because he'll go, no, no, it's definitely that. And then you see the guy kiss his dad or hug his dad, and I'm like. How many drug dealers have you hugged in the past? <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> I can I diagnose this as like an amateur mm. therapist. I reckon he's on the internet too much. I think it, it makes you see patterns that maybe aren't there. It's what fries people's brains. Yeah, and also I think what's important to know if you go online and you look anything up, anything at all, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is like where to get new sunnies, where to get whatever. By the third click. You're gonna die. It's either <laughs> if you look up anything related to your body, by the third click, you're either gonna die or you get redirected to a porn site. Yeah, that's it. Like, do not click more than twice because the third time you're either in full anal or death. That's it. <laughs> My theory is that our generation, we're gonna, you know, the previous generations have fried themselves on alcohol or drugs or whatever. Yeah. Our generation, I reckon, we're gonna fry ourselves on social media. You know, like. Yeah. 
it's just the end of us. Like whether it be reading criticism or arguing with people online or going down a rabbit hole and becoming like a bit of a, I've already got like friends or people I've grown up with who have gone down this weird conspiracy rabbit hole. And yeah, it's, it's, it, it changes people. I, I, I'm trying to give up. Eh? It's, it's messing me up. Or, or um, can't focus for longer than three minutes. Like oh. when when TikTok made their clips, like you can make them, I'm like, I can't. If something starts too slow, I'm like, yeah. I can't watch this. Oh. Um, okay. Now this is going to upset some of you, but um, I want you to know that um, this might not be for anyone. By that stage, I've already skipped the video. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. What's next? What else yeah. have we got? Start yeah. with your trauma immediately. I don't want to have to wait 30 seconds to hear what trauma this is. Oh. Just go, I got run over by a car. Here it is. And then show me the video and then then you can come with your long ass fucking story off the back of it. It's actually like drugs. I totally relate. It's making it hard for me to watch movies. Like people talk about kids not watch reading books enough and I don't read enough books, but like even a movie is like, yeah, I totally get with you. If if I'm not hooked instantly, yeah, it's it's scary, man. It's freaking me out. It's like yeah, drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, can I just ask you, because you um graduated with a degree in Political science. Yeah. You are quite switched on politically, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything points to you eventually becoming the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And I'm going to call it now, you're going to be our Ukrainian president, like this, you know, the comedian <laughs> turn Prime Minister. That's going to be you. You're going to be, um, do you have any hopes and dreams of going into politics? Oh, Urs, you're like, you're stroking my ego so hard, man. You're you're really, yeah, you're, you're, you're pushing me to the edge here. This is amazing. Um, when I try and debate, um, people laugh at me, which is why yeah. I realise that I'm so much better suited to comedy where you can make you can make political points, but in like a, a funny, lighthearted way. And um, yeah, I would just be a, but, another loud white man in in parliament, I reckon. But you could you could be um, like a politician, but the minister for the arts. Like it's not all <laughs> yeah. you don't. Not all of us need to be defence lawyers to go in and go argue yeah. the hard shit. Leave that to them. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you could be the one that just goes in and and fight for people in the arts. Then they go, oh, we have to cut arts funding. Like that's one of the first things to go sometimes. And you go, yeah. you don't know how many people like, because when you're, when you're in the arts, it's a passion project. It's not because you want to make money. Yeah. It's because you love what you do and, you know, sort of want to have that connection with the audience and bring art to the world. But then, and because you're a narcissist the, and you need to be on stage to be alive. And because you're a fucking narcissist and need people to <laughs> praise you all the time. But um, I am... Uh, under no illusion that there are people sitting at home or in office jobs right now that's a lot fucking funnier than than I am, but they cannot afford to leave the handle of yeah. their day day job to come and do comedy. Oh no, massively! It's a huge, it's a huge bugbear of mine. I actually wrote a column about it back before I got fired as a columnist. Oh, we have that in common. Where'd you get fired from? Uh, Women's Weekly. Oh, shout out. I got fired from Sunday Star Times. To be fair, I was appreciate Like, I was supposed to have four or five columns in the bank and I'm like, oh, fuck, I would just send it the day before um, yeah. printing. But then they would, uh, they just kind of almost ghosted me. And But sometimes, like, they wouldn't pay me for months and then they'd pay me a lump sum and then, you know, it was very, like, I felt like I was in an abusive relationship with Women's Weekly. And then um, they just, they just kind of stopped. Yeah, I should sell it to Women's Day. They, they just kind of stopped taking my emails. Like, I would still send the email and then they go, uh, I just got an email going, um, we've replaced you with this other person. Yeah. 
That's it. That, yeah, yeah no notice, no nothing. Listen, Goy, let me ask you, what is something about other people that shit you to absolute death? Something about other people that shit me to absolute death. Yeah, that you just cannot fucking cope with. Um, I think it's people frying their brains on the internet. I think that's what's just driving me crazy at the moment. And I see this in myself. I'm not just having to go at like the anti-vaxxers or, you know, conspiracy theorists or people have gone off the deep end. It's like if you spend too long on social media, it will honestly like wreck your brain. And mm. I, I see this in myself as, and you probably, I, you know, you say I'm involved in politics. Sometimes I can be a punish because I see injustice everywhere you know yeah. and um and i think that's something that happens to us where you just get on twitter for too long and it just warps your brain we think everyone's good or evil everything's a huge drama everything's a fight and when really a lot of the stuff doesn't matter it's smoke screens like distracting ourselves from the real things that matter and taking care of ourselves and uh enjoying your life and stuff like that because I, I feel like we meet too many of these day people these days who are just completely fried from um being on the internet too long i know i know people are like this is oh they're gonna track you know like they just want to know what you're doing i'm like what the fuck are you doing there's nothing no government on the planet is gonna track you um <laughs> Doing fuck all in your house all day. Like <laughs> no one is doing anything interesting enough. And trust yeah. me, if you are, they're already tracking you because you've got a fucking smartphone, you dipshit. Yeah. This yeah. was when they were burning down the 5G towers and filming it on their iPhones and posting it on social media. The fact that you're so fucking stupid and not even understanding, you're probably using that fucking tower to upload yeah. the video. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like... Yeah. No one gives, oh, they're going to put a microchip in. You know what? I'd fucking love if I could have a microchip um, that could just start <laughs> my car. I could just load a trolley full of stuff and then the, uh, automatically the system just knows what's in my trolley and I could just walk that trolley to my car, yeah. back it in. I don't need to go through because the microchip has already deducted <laughs> the money from my account. What yeah. a fucking joy. To me, that is the perfect world. Like even when people, like, a few years ago, say maybe 10, 20 years ago when DNA thing just started coming, they, they, someone suggested, like on a TV program back in the day, um, pre-Twitter, what we should do is for every baby born, they take a DNA sample, you know, because you're in hospital or whatever, from the placenta and then we put that on a file. Yeah. So then a, there was this massive uproar, oh, why would, you know, your DNA be on... Um, a database, blah, blah, blah. And I, I do understand that. I do understand, you know, sort of keeping that private. But I also think uh, if that's going to eliminate people just randomly raping, yeah, I'm okay with it. Take yeah. my DNA. Yeah. You know, I would, <laughs> yeah, I would fucking yeah, go yeah. give... I'll give half a tub of it if if I needed yeah. to. Like if, if they say, this is going to cut rape in half. Yeah. I, I'll go do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't know if that would solve that problem. I think no. people who do serious crimes, murders and rapes, I don't think they're like thinking about the consequences when they're doing it, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. Someone have to do a study into it. Right. Let me ask you, what's the one thing about you that shoots you to death? What's the thing about me? Um, oh, I'm so confident. If I wasn't me, I'd. you know how people to have imposter syndrome? I got no. the opposite of that. I got James Corden disease. I got way too much, you know, like I, I need to be like cut down a little bit. I need, yeah. we need to get bullying back just to cut me down a little bit. Like I wish I wasn't. I'm happy to help. 
Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've received enough bullying in my life. I've got some <laughs> some stuff in the that that's sitting there that I'm like, why would people say that to me? But now I'll give it to you. Or like yeah. I'll take it out of the tank for me and go give it to you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I when well, I see when I see Donald Trump, when I see like asshole comedians, I'm like, that is that is me. I'm from that stock. Like just delusionally confident. Um, yeah, no, no reason to be. Yeah, I'm just cocky. I don't know why I'm like this, and I need to calm down. Uh, don't get me wrong; I do have moments of introspective introspection and re- regret, but I just keep on plowing forward, which is a good way to be. But um, I wish I could quiet down sometimes. At least you're positive. You're mm. you're a very positive guy, and you're mm. always um, happy to pump other people's tires, which mm. I really appreciate. Uh, like I've I've never heard you. Shit talk, anyone. Um, you haven't very... heard me enough because I do shit talk sometimes, but in private, in private, in yeah. private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in general, yeah. you are usually the one to pump tyres for other people. Yeah, And so, yeah. so even though you're loud, but you're loud on positive shit too. So it's not just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers, so, Urs. You're, too, you're uh, too kind. You're too kind. Do you know the moment where I was like, holy fuck, Urs? It was the crazy. I was like, I started with that motherfucker. It was, there was a moment, I, saw, I think I saw it on the news or something. It was like on the news announcement. They were like, Miley Cyrus has pulled out as a judge of Masked Singer Australia yeah. and uh, she's been replaced with Ursula Carlson. I was like, what the fuck? How are you on the same level as Ursula, as fucking Miley Cyrus? That is crazy. No, it was Lindsay Lohan. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, fuck, yeah. that's funny. That's so yeah. good. I, that's yeah, even better. I always say, when the, when because the, it was literally a two-week thing, like she she pulled out because she couldn't get into the country. For the record, I also was not in the country. Um <laughs> So um, she pulled out. It was two weeks before filming started. I then got permission from Peter Dutton, uh, who was the immigration minister for Australia at the the time. Yeah, to to go to get into the country because it was in 2020 when the whole world was in lockdown. And I flew over, but they'd already got Lindsay's um, wardrobe. Amazing. And so I always think the people who truly suffered during that show wasn't me that had to fly in and do two weeks in the beginning of quarantine. Then we had an outbreak on set and I had two weeks in quarantine because of that. Then I had to fly back the day I got out of quarantine. I got on a plane to New Zealand, went into quarantine again. So six weeks all up, quarantine for the show that took three weeks to film. Fuck. Um, but... The true the the true victims in this whole thing was the wardrobe department at Channel Ten who had to go from a Lindsay Lohan who's a size zero to me. <laughs> wow! Oh, that is that's that is amazing. Uh, I could see the tears in their eyes. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend.